You're listening to Mischief Media. Hey, Nonplus listeners. If you're a craft beer fan, have we got the app for you. Tavor, it's the app for fans of craft brews and trying new and exciting labels. It's so cool. Snag the app from your iOS or Android app store, browse the current list of hard-to-find 100% independent beers, and add them to your personalized crate, or enroll in the subscription, and Tavor will handpick the highest-rated beers that suit your taste. There's no minimums or commitments, and if you're selecting the beers for yourself, you pay as you choose, and then request delivery whenever you're ready. Again, there's no monthly limit or minimum that you need to hit, and a flat rate shipping doesn't change with the size of your crate. As many beers as you want, same price to ship. Tavor posts a 100% independent community, over 650 featured breweries from 47 states, and over 7,000 beers tasted. That's nuts. Yeah, you can download Tavor today and try it for yourself. Just use the code NONPLUS at checkout for $10 off your first order of $25 or more. Again, download Tavor, that's T-A-V-O-U-R, in your app store and use the code NONPLUS for $10 off your first order of $25 or more. I'll drink to that. And one for Mahler. Well, we got a big thing. This is the first time we got a big thing. <laughs> Not I was trying to drink coffee and you say like it's a normal thing to say. We've got a big thing. Oh, my God. I mean, what can I say? You don't have to tell everybody. <laughs> uh, well, we got a big one. It's uh... <laughs> you're gonna kill me. Welcome to another episode of Non Plus, a gay romp through the Disney Plus vault. That over there is my husband, Clancy. And over there is my husband, Josh. And this is Non Plus, a mischief media podcast. We're back from vacation. Hi, everybody. We had a grand old time. It was so good. Uh, spent some time in Palm Springs. Yep. Uh, and then went to Orange County and spent some time at Disneyland. But before we talk about that, as always, we're talking mischief merch. Look, the team over there is on top of their shit. We've yes, already got are. merch for Rogers the Musical, which we saw a brief glimpse of in the Hawkeye trailer. Holy shit. We've got um, some Shang-Chi merch that is t-shirts that say, we should go home and rest. Or... <laughs> um, and then they've also got a fun new true crime line. Some Halloween is my personality stuff. That's um, fun. Of course, the the weapon we have is love. Uh, designs that we mentioned last time. With all of those proceeds going to Camp Lilac. Uh, yeah. So check out mischiefmerch.com. Remember, if you're getting MCU stuff or non-plus stuff, use the code non-plus10 to get 10% off your order. It's only going to work on that stuff, but there's plenty of new stuff to check out. So go check it out. For sure. All right. What do we got for news this week, Clancy? Well, Disney Plus Day. Oh, it's Disney Plus Day. <laughs> it's happening on November 12th. It is the anniversary of Disney Plus's... Ooh. That reminds me, we need to update the payment information on our year-long subscription. Oh my god, we do. <laughs> so, breaking news, first looks, new trailers, exclusive clips, they're just having a party on 
Disney Day. Yeah, so we're gonna get we're gonna get Shang Chi, Disney Jungle Cruise, and Home Sweet Home Alone. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so those are all gonna be coming out on November twelfth. Okay. Um, there also is a ton of other stuff as well. Like they're doing. We'll link it. They did a whole. The Walt Disney Company did a big old announcement, and we'll make sure that we link that in the show notes. But yeah, it sounds like it's gonna be somewhat maybe a lead into to investor day because that's when we got a lot of news last year too yeah kind of a little bit i, I think this is more kind of it's it's a they're just using it as a day to drop a bunch of stuff all at once it's but so arbitrary but they're also using it for like you know special there's a, a special marvel cinematic universe exciting look towards the future yeah so i feel like we're gonna probably maybe get like uh a bigger Hawkeye trailer or something, or we might get more information on Miss Marvel. I, I bet we get release dates for some yeah. of the series. Because Miss Marvel got pushed off to 2022. Oh, did it? Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's not going to be this year, but they may announce when it's coming. I'm out a little then. sad about that, but I get it. Like we, they've had a lot of content this year. Yeah. For I keep sure. wondering if they're going to give us anything else in October. And I don't think that they will. Cause what if, what if is going to end Eternals doesn't happen until November. I think they're going to give us uh, a little opportunity to breathe. For sure. Also, this is some fun news. Bryce Dallas Howard is going to be directing a Flight of the Navigator reboot for Disney+. Plus. Oh. This from Variety. Bryce Dallas Howard is set to direct and produce Walt Disney Studios' reboot of Flight of the Navigator, which reimagines the original 1986 film with a female lead. That's rad. The new movie, which marks Howard's first feature directorial debut, is slated to premiere exclusively on Disney+. Plus. She's done TV episodes. Yeah. Like she did an episode or maybe more of The Mandalorian. I think she's done some other stuff. Yes, because I remember seeing yeah her But this is like that. her big feature film debut. Fuck yeah. Uh, did you ever see the original movie? This one's way back in my brain as a child. I would no. need to watch it again. I think it's on the service. But um, the original, it was directed by Randall Kleiser and written by Mark H. Baker, Michael Burton, and Matt McManus. Yeah. Uh, it's a family sci-fi adventure that followed 12-year-old David Freeman, who goes unconscious after falling down in the woods only to get abducted by an alien spaceship that transports him from 1978 to 1986. Uh, And then he spends the film trying to reunite with his family, but gets entangled with the police and NASA and yada, yada, yada. Uh, Should be fun. Yeah. Fun bit of pulpy sci-fi with Bryce Dallas Howard at the helm. I'm looking forward to it for sure. We've got some stuff coming to Disney plus in October. Yeah. So, uh, October 8th, we have Muppets haunted mansion. So excited for this. Uh, Alvin and the chipmunks, the road chip. Uh, is coming October 1st. Yes. Uh, October 6th, Black Widow. Yep. And then uh, October 22nd, Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Did you see they just did an extended trailer for the Muppets Haunted Mansion? We'll drop that in the description too. But I they did haven't a full trailer. It yeah. Oh, it's delightful with Will Arnett and yes. Miss Piggy is Madame Leota. <gasps> I'm here for it. Fozzie's the Hatbox Ghost. Holy shit. Yeah, it'll be, be fun. Great. It'll be fun. Um. All right. So let's let's get into the bulk of the episode. We'll, well, there will be a little bit of research on this one. Of course, we pulled that from Wikipedia, IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, and StarWars.Fandom.com, also known as Wikipedia. Yep. So we're talking about Star Wars Visions today, but mm-hmm. we're going to couch that in a reason to discuss our vacation because we had our own Star Wars Visions yeah. while we were in California. It was some really neat visions. Uh, right before we moved, we were able to do Black Spire Outpost. We did Smuggler's Run. Yes. For those of you who don't know, Black Spire Outpost is what they call the Star Wars land at Disneyland and at Hollywood Studios in Florida. Yeah. And it's where they have the ride, the Smuggler's Run, which is the Millennium Falcon ride, and then mm-hmm. Rise of the Resistance, which is the newer one. Fully immersive in 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 California, like I said, it opened just before we left, and it's yeah. It they do they do sight lines great. Like you feel like you're. It was it was one of those things when like when we first went in, like I got my wristband. Uh, the actually I went day the opening day, not 
I wasn't the first group in, but was their opening while day. I was working pod X. Yeah. You, you were going to uh black spire outpost. Yeah. Yes. With, with Alex and Ben friends of the show. Yes. Um, the, uh, but yeah, the, the transition from going from Disneyland to black spire outpost is just elegant. It, it's, it's so elegant. elegant and seamless and just, and you feel like you're not on a, the same planet. Truly. You feel like you're at a different like you're on a different planet and it's in a way that they don't do with any of the other lands. No, because I mean, there is a degree of, you know, Disney is a bit of it in DCA for sure. But you know, they, they do their best to keep the outside world out, but you can see, uh, uh, the tower of terror. Um, uh, what is it? A mission breakout. Now you can see that from most, most places in the park. Again, I think the exceptions are like cars land. Yeah. I mean, well, now that they've taken a lot of the trees and stuff down for Avengers. Game. Anyway, point is point is black spire is fully immersive. It is. Cantina's is immersive. The cast is out in a boot. Yeah. Um, cast members are very engaged more so than in any other land in the park. Yeah. At it, least in California. Well, and in Florida, they've got the new hotel that's opening, which is a complete immersion. Like well, you, the moment you get in the door of the hotel, you are then transported onto a ship. And then from that point, you, it's not even windows. You can't see the real outside. You can't. And when they take you on a shuttle to like your Black day Spire. trip to Black Spire, it's on a shuttle that leaves that hotel and goes right into the park. Right. So, so you you never really see the outside world. And I think that's just such a, a neat thing to do. If only we had $5,000. I mean, but so <laughs> for those who haven't experienced it, um, Smuggler's Run, as we mentioned, is the Millennium Falcon ride. It's an attraction uh, that it puts multiple guests into the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon, yep. uh, where they each have a specific job during the mission. The outcome of the ride's events and the performance of the guest will give them a reputation that will affect other experiences within Galaxy's Edge beyond the ride itself. That's more of a Florida thing. They haven't really implemented anything like that in Disneyland in California because they don't have the resort. Correct. Comma, but you do like it's it's. It's a video game and a flight sim. Yeah, it's very, it's very, very immersive and it's super cool. Like it, I, I mean, this was one of the rides that we could ride before we left California. Yes. And so like, you know, with this is maybe the fourth or fifth time that we've ridden it. And honestly, it's just, it's so much fun and like they can add so much. And like this time we got to do the Chewy mode. So there's an, uh, well, it's not unofficial cause it's there, but like there's a secret. We don't really talk about it. We, the, the capital W we sure game mode in uh, smugglers run. So the way that this works and Alex and Ben told us about it and I'd seen it mentioned on the internet before it's yeah. the chewy mode. It's basically hard mode. Uh, so there's, there's six seats. Um, I highly recommend the, was that the star tours behind the attraction that had the stuff that showed we watched behind the attraction. Yes. 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 And it yes, was yes, star yes, tours yes. and it showed how mm-hmm. this ride operated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So plug for that, go watch it. But, um, so there's two pilots, two gunners, two engineers. Mm-hmm. Everybody has to do a specific thing while also pressing a button, a white, one of the white buttons are like the left pilot has to push their stick left and the right pilot has to push their stick up. The gunners, that was us, yeah. has to press the white button before the orange button. Yeah, it's essentially like pushing a shift key and then pushing your button at the same time. To activate so it's, your it's seat. two buttons. Yes. So you hold the white, push your big button and then the people behind same us, thing. same thing. So like, and you hear, a, you hear a chewy. And then suddenly you get like another round of power cells to collect and a TIE fighter. Yeah. There's like TIE like fighters that you're fight. battling. Yeah. And so it's definitely like, yeah, it's like 
upping so your much level fun. in the video game, and it's really it's really fun. It's it's cool that they're adding things like that. Highly and, recommend it. Yeah. Um, and they move people through. The, gosh, even though like capacity is limited right now, we waited twenty minutes in line. If that, yeah, it was so so fast. And again, I don't want to spoil. You know, if you don't want to know how the ride works, I'm not going to spoil it for you. If you do want to know how the ride works, they explain it better on behind the attraction. But it's the, yeah. the it's uh, I mean, it's magic. It's real magic. It really so is. So speaking of, let's talk about the real magic that we experienced for the first time, Rise of the Resistance. Okay, so this wasn't open when we left California. No. It was, they, and when they did open it, I think we still had our passes, but we, we were- did. It like, was on the cusp of COVID, We though. were in the, yeah, we were in the process of leaving and whatever, but they were also doing the thing where it was like the boarding groups where- when they first started, they were immediately gone. You had yes. to be in the park at 8 a.m. And if you weren't there in the first two minutes, they were Do you gone want to for the read day. the description. Yeah. Uh, the attraction combined with the trackless dark ride, walk through motion simulator and drop ride system puts guests in the middle of an altercation between the rise, uh, the resistance and the first order. Uh, it features four interworking ride systems in conjunction with audio animatronics, uh, practical sets, projection mapping, screen based media, Rise of the Resistance is one of the most complex and advanced attractions designed by the Walt Disney Imagineers team. Yeah. Yeah. And it's from start to finish 20 minutes. It is. It is an experience. It is wild because you're queuing. And as you, as you're, you're already in, you're already in black spire. You're already in gross. You're already in Gulf. Yeah. If you're, you're somehow more immersed as you queue for sure. And if you, if you haven't gone on this yet, I recommend skipping forward about five minutes or whatever. If you care about spoilers. Yeah, because I we're going to talk about I wanted to go like I wanted to go into this ride without knowing anything. And I succeeded in doing that. And honestly, um, you know, I had seen promo pictures and things like that, but it it doesn't compare. No, the scale and the grandiose and the 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 immersion that happens in this ride is absolutely wild. Absolutely wild. So as you queue, you're basically getting deeper and deeper into this world. Um, suddenly you're being escorted out of a building because they're trying to get you off of this planet because the first order has arrived mm-hmm. and you get into a shuttle and it's weird because like, if you've done anything, that's the bigger scale stuff in any of, in any theme park, really never mind yeah. Disney. Like we weren't in seats. We weren't buckled in. There was no safety harness. None of that. No. Um, but there was an animatronic and there was video and this thing starts to move and it's another flight sim, but it like feels like we're on this transport that suddenly gets abducted um, by the first order. And there's a Mon Calamari like, blah, 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 like shouting shit at his droid. And we can see all of this stuff happening around. Yeah. And it, again, we're still not actually on the ride at all. Um, no, no, it was BB. Really. It was BB before that. Well, yeah, because we, we right. first we first start with I'm telling it all out of order. It's all good. But we basically we start in a room with Ray uh, and BB eight. Yes. Um, Ray comes in as a hologram that looks like a hologram it is crazy you don't see any mirrors windows nothing it's it's wild. just in the air and it's suddenly she's there and it's and a it's, life-size bb-8 which is of course yeah. bigger than you kind of think in your head but then exactly you go back to that scene where it's the um it's the straight camera cross run in the very very beginning when the um you know when she's running with bb-8 on yeah, the, two yeah. at the very mm-hmm. beginning. it's like oh oh yeah. it's there and then you know you go out to this transport like i said and then suddenly the transport's captured the doors open. You go out the doors. You came in. You were outside outdoors. You yeah, this yeah, transport. Because, yeah, when you come out from where Ray is, you go into this. You go outside, which is wild. Yes. Um, And then you go under the transport. The transport takes off. The transport is then captured by. I said all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. 
and then and then you're landing or sorry, you get trapped in that uh, tractor beam effectively and right. you can feel it like it's such an it's just so neat the way that that yeah. transition and you happened. go right back out the door you came in, which is the point that I was getting to. Yeah, like the that's a, back back to immersion. It's just so engulfed and you enter right. into a, uh, 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 it's a hangar. It's a mm-hmm. hangar on a star destroyer. And there's 50 stormtroopers staring you down. Yeah. And some of them move a little bit. Full size. All of the cast members are like first order, shouty, shouty, go here, go there. Um, you get tossed into prison. There is a, a breakout. Yep. That is either a droid or a lightsaber. I can't tell. I still can't tell if it was supposed to be Ray who was breaking us out or a droid. I think it because was a the droid. break in the wall. It looks like when they jab a lightsaber through metal and drag it yeah, down yeah, yeah. and the wall like you're in a prison cell with 20 other people or however many people because you've been broken up into a group and you're literally just standing there for like, what maybe two minutes yeah it was it was one of those things where they shut the door they locked you in there there was then like you could hear things you could hear things happening in the ra- like in the rafters i want to say like the air vents right and then you're still immersed basically and then suddenly a door appears from nowhere like because they've opened it up with a lightsaber but it's like it was again completely seamless it's just wild and at this point is when you get in the autonomous car this is when you actually get on the ride like to this point you've still kind of been walking through an experience think about it like in indiana jones this is the moment that you're now getting on in the car yes but you've done so so much. much so much world building You've interacted with characters. Yeah. You've been on a transport. Oh, not to mention we've seen Poe Dameron a couple times on like different video screens because they're supposed to be escorting us Mm -hmm. somewhere in the fiction of all of this. Poe Dameron is flying around trying to save you. Right. I I mean, it's so, it's so then you get into these vehicles. They're like, it's cast members at this point. Like, Hey, we've reprogrammed these first order droids and they're going to get you to safety. It is a trackless autonomous ride ergo it feels like that fucking droid is actually driving you around it is it is such and it and it's not like slow like if if you've done the the at at, um tower of terror in in florida yeah those are autonomous cars they run on like they're they're not on a track they have a little line that they follow but they're very slow well but also that's (laughs) That's single range of, like they go back, they get into the thing and well, then no, they, they go it up. Does, it does a little bit of like a, 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 oh, a thing up and there's like a dark portion up there on the top. Right. So it's that, been so long, but that's the first time that they do that. And honestly that broke down, that breaks down all the time. Right. This is such a breakneck speed that these things are going at and just turning on a dime. You it hear is the tires it's, squealing. It's wild. At one point you come face to face with Kylo Ren and he's playing tug of war with it and with you the force. Feel yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they've got both um, sort of the visual holographics of Kylo Ren and general Hux, and they've got some animatronics of them. And when they say practical sets, like they mean it, like you're going through a star. I don't want to, I don't want to spoil all of it, but like no, no, you know, yeah. there is, the scale of this uh, experience becomes evident as you are met with full scale uh, features from this sci-fi world. It's yeah. bananas. Um, 10, 10 would do it again. Yeah. hundred percent. And honestly, like there's apparently there's other, there's other things that can happen when you're in different cars. Oh. So we didn't actually see every single experience that you can have in there. So like, Holy shit. There again, Ugh. the repeat about the repeatability of these rides, and especially like 
like I said, uh, with uh, Millennium Falcon, we've done it four or five times. I it's, still it's would a blast love to write time. it. It's I'd a blast every time. I still love to write it. This is also the first time you and I were in the parks with contact lenses, which was a whole different experience. Oh, yeah. Because seeing some of this stuff, like, you know, going back to Star Tours and writing the, with the 3D glasses, it's like, oh, not, this is a much better experience. Not having to wear glasses on top of your glasses. Oh, my God. It's revolutionary. <laughs> it is. Um. So, yeah. Suffice it to say, uh, we could not recommend, you know, if you feel safe traveling, if you feel safe being in crowds, I will say, like, Disneyland. You don't have to wear masks outside, which felt mostly fine. But anytime you're indoors, they are on top of they it. They have somebody stationed basically at every point uh, where yeah. you can go indoors. Some people would slip a nose mask. down. You know, maybe they're doing their unlocking their phone or something. And a cast member's watching them like a hawk. And the minute they're like, they've got that mask down for a beat too long. It's like, excuse me, ma'am. Excuse me, ma'am. Touching their nose and like the top of their mat. Like, hello, hello. Pull it up. Yeah, pull it up. It's, it's honestly, it's, it's it was a good experience on that because I was very apprehensive about being in a park with so many people yep. and like, you know, and, and honestly, they have done a little really close, good job, but we did what we could personally with our little group of four to like make space. Yeah. And obviously, you know, if it, being vaccinated and also wearing a mask is like the best thing that you can do. Yep. I feel like and our whole so, group did that. Yeah. So like, you know, that va- was awesome. All vaccinate day day. your kids. Do it. Um, so yeah, speaking of Star Wars Visions, we're also going to talk about Star Wars Visions. Yeah. That just came out this week, uh, mm-hmm. September 22nd, 2021. It's nine episodes total. We're going to talk about the first three, um, yeah. because truly, uh, it would take a while to talk about all of them and we're going to put that content on the Patreon, Yeah, but we would kind of want to give you a little moose boosh here. Really? These should like you're going to hear our reactions. We're going to give you some some top down plot stuff. Even the Patreon bit where we watch the rest of them, same thing. But if you're into anime or Star Wars, either one, you're going to like this. I will say, and I think this is evident in some of the user reviews. If you don't, if anime doesn't interest you at all, you're probably even if you are a diehard Star Wars fan, this isn't going to interest you because it's not very like they're all new characters. Canon is loose at best. Yeah. I, I mean, this was basically like here, like they went to a bunch of anime studios or animation studios and was like, uh, you can now do whatever you want with star Wars. Well, okay. Here's so from Wikipedia, here's what minutes. they said. It's an anime anthology series created for the, for Disney plus produced by Lucasfilm animation consists of nine short films produced by seven Japanese animation studios. Mm-hmm. Uh, each telling their own original stories based on the Star Wars universe. So yeah, Lucasfilm, they, you know, picked these amazing animators, storytellers mm-hmm. and said, yes, you can have the can, but like it's, is it canon? Who knows? Their original stories. Yeah. And I think that's, what's cool about it is that, you know, they're letting, they're letting people grow or letting people do that sort of thing. Cause with, with Star Wars, because like, Star Wars has historically just been about the Skywalkers and like, we've only gotten a couple glimpses of what it doesn't look mm. like to have them in it. Well, mm. the Mandalorian for mainstream consumers, I would say that is accurate for sure. Um, well, there were a lot of books that had there nothing were, to do with the Skywalker. They don't matter anymore. Right. But that's, that's the thing. Those, those weren't Canon or they, they were, but to say un- we haven't yeah. seen uh, stories other than the Skywalker saga is factually untrue. I for sure I would say that Lucasfilm Disney sanctioned sure. additional media that's this this is that we're and splitting hairs here though yeah, for sure but the statement we've never seen anything outside of the Skywalker saga is not true 
Well, in the in in the current Disney universe, yes. Well, no, because even the games that are considered canon, Fallen Order isn't part of the Skywalker saga. Well, that's why I said it wasn't like Mandalorian doesn't really follow the Skywalker saga. Like there are there are exceptions to it, but it's 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 mostly been the exception than the norm. This is the most pedantic we've gotten on this show. Anyways, anyways, um, the point is yes, like it because it almost serves as I don't know it, it it's um it's myth it's 21st century mythology at this point right yeah. um it's almost like anything else you where you have core mythological tropes character types etc and they they have cultural relevance and an impact and can tell a different story different i don't know it's just there's the the three that we've seen are chock full of anime tropes truly yeah but they're used so well and as someone who likes a little bit of anime and likes a little bit of star wars i wouldn't consider myself a deep fan of both um sure because I found myself at points going, well, is this, lo- I, I don't know. I'm just going to enjoy it. And you I think I mean? that's, I think that's the point though. Is Absolutely. I, I think that's the point is where you are, you're, you're literally appreciating the intersection here. Yes. Yeah. And it's, I think executed very well, at least in these first three episodes. Yeah. The first one being the, the duel, duel, um, which has a very black and white Kung Fu samurai movie feel. Even the title card yeah, it, pops it, up. And my first thought was, Oh, that's Japanese. Why don't they have it translated? But on second viewing, you said, Oh no, no, no. It's that, Arabesh. That is Arabesh. Yeah. And it's, yeah, just says the duel in Arabesh, big giant title card. You know, it, it's, um, it, it's definitely like, uh, like a Kurosawa style. Yes. Um, framing Approach. and like, yeah, all, all of it feels that way. It's directed by Takanobu Mizuno. Written by Takashi Okazaki and animated by Kamikaze Duga. The Ronin character is Good voiced job. by Brian T. Thank you. The bandit leader is Lucy Liu. Yeah. It's fucking Lucy Liu. It's fucking Lucy Liu. <laughs> and the village chief is Jaden Waldman. Um, this one is set 20 years after the fall of the Empire, which was the first question I had about upon watching. Like, where does this sit? Sure. A lone wanderer referred to as Ronin witnesses a legion of bandits, stormtroopers, attempt to besiege a small village. Ronan fights the bandit leader, a former Sith Inquisitor and self-declared Dark Lord, armed with a heavily modified lightsaber, while his droid saves the villagers. Ronan's droid. After luring the bandit leader into a trap, who assumes Ronan to be a Jedi, Ronan reveals himself to be another former Sith Inquisitor and kills her. Ronan, shown to be collecting red kyber crystals from each Inquisitor he has killed, decides to give the bandit leader's crystal to the villagers. So, great story. Even, like, in its telling, Kurosawa-style approach, that Lucy Liu is the bandit leader. If you've seen Kill Bill, you get a little bit of like the 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 scene with Lucy Liu and Beatrice, mm-hmm. the bride yeah. in Kill Bill. Is that two? Yes. yes. It stylistically is similar to the fight that they have on the river. You just don't have, you know, an umbrella shaped lightsaber. Yeah. And uh, like, yeah, the, the, when we're first introduced to uh, the this Sith Inquisitor, like she it's like heels heels like these giant oh, heels yes. it's such a it's such a provocative shot it's, and it's sexy so good. yeah this whole thing like there's a, there was i don't know if the sexual energy was intended <laughs> but i got it from both of them and maybe it's just the animation and the performances but it's gorgeous there's a texture to the yeah, animation it's, in this it's one. got a sort of like old filmic style like it's yeah. like it's it's a distressed film if you will um and uh and and the when it everything stays very still unless something is moving and then that has a little mm. bit of life to it 
but very much it, it's it's very much kind of methodic in the way that it's presented. You are basically set up with a kind of a wide shot, and that's where the characters it's very stylized. Interact in. yeah, very stylized. It, it's a, yeah, it's done. It's done very very well. Well, and you get that sort of even the narrative tropes of I I am a master and I'm kind of a dark master and mm-hmm. um here here's a boiling pot for your timer. What do we do? My droid, do you think you could repair him? I need him fully operational by the time this pot boils. Oh, yes. Keep firing! Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of tropes for sure. Um, oh, I just, but I love them though. They're tasty no, 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 almost. for sure. And that's, and but they're deliberate. And I think that mm. that's, that's the point to where it's not overdoing it. But like it, yeah, you were, like you said, you establish a clock and imme- like almost immediately um, you have essentially like, you know, a wild west standoff between these two very, you even root figures. for a sand person at one point <laughs> until it gets shot stored. So, oh, but that's the other thing. Two things I have about this narrative. Sure. It says it's set 20 years after the fall of the empire, which means this is the same time frame as the Mandalorian. Sure. B. I don't, I think we got this summary from Wikipedia. I might need to do some more reading. I don't know if he was also a former Sith Inquisitor, because why would a former Sith Inquisitor turn on? I, mm, I it isn't explained in the short. So this, this is making, I don't know if this is, has more information or this is from the director themselves. I mean, who the, knows, but they're playing in it, but yeah, but this is very much your dropped in. You don't know anything about these characters and what you're getting from these characters is the way that they are uh, carrying themselves on screen. Mm. And so, you know, you've got two, two characters that have red lightsabers. One of them does seem evil. One, the other one doesn't really, because it's kind of protecting this village. It's been a long time since I killed a Jedi. Your lightsaber blade is red. Coward. Unfortunately. I am not a Jedi. Right. And this is where I had the note and sort of in my head, I was like, well, wait, can, can anybody wield a red lightsaber? And I couldn't remember what the, I mean, theoretically, anybody can use a lightsaber. It's no, no, dangerous I'm talking specifically about red kyber crystals. Oh, fair enough. But um, I, I think we, I, it's gotta be like, maybe he's collecting them. Like he's going and no, I get that. Yeah. Who can use a red kyber crystal? Because yes, traditionally that's what powers a Sith's lightsaber. Sure. But why? Why wouldn't a Jedi have a red kyber crystal? Is there some? That's my question. And I don't know enough about Star Wars. Not Wars, to get too deep into it, but like there was some. We're already too deep into I, it. I know, but <laughs> no, hold on. What I'm getting to it is, I think that he is collecting all of these crystals and he's just using a red lightsaber because that's the kind of saber he's not killing Jedi's. Well, there's not that many left because this is after the fall of the Empire. Fair enough. And also, we know that a lot of the Kyber crystals have been destroyed because of the sec. Uh, the is it Rogue One? Rogue One. That's the where they go to the Kyber Crystal Planet. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's really anyway, all I have for this. It, yeah. Super super Watch cool. It. Yeah. Fun. So the next one's called Tatooine Rhapsody, uh, but, 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 but directed by Taku Kimura, written by Yasumi Atarashi, and animated by Studio Colorido. Yeah. Uh, this one stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Jay, Bobby Moynihan as Guy, <laughs> Temuera Morrison as Boba Fett, Shelby Young as Curdy, and Mark Thompson as Lan. In this one, 
A young Padawan named Jay is on the run from the from clones in Order 66 and is forced off a ledge, injuring himself and breaking his lightsaber. He's helped by Gee, a hut who plays bass in the rock band Star Waver. Flash forward to years later and Jay has joined Star Waver as their lead singer along Lan the drummer, Curdy the lead guitarist, and their droid V5. One of their gigs is interrupted by Boba Fett and a group of bounty hunters who seek to bring Gee in as he has been marked for execution by Jabba the Hutt. Following a scuffle and a chase, Jay leads the remainder of the band to Tatooine, where they strike a deal with Jabba that Gee can play one last song with the band before he's executed. Together again, Jay's old lightsaber uh, as a microphone, Star Waver plays a rousing song that is broadcast all over Tatooine and loved by the audience, Jabba, and even Boba. This was fun. This was a bit of fluff. <laughs> this was a bit of fluff. It wasn't until putting the notes together that I realized that these voice actors were who they were. Of course, that's Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Of course, that's Bobby Moynihan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did recognize... Tamora Morrison, because that's clearly Boba Fett's voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It and was, it should be noted, sorry, I keep interrupting you. We listened to the English cast. There is a full Japanese voice cast. Oh, I didn't realize. Okay. I, I'm pretty sure you can change the audio. I guess I'll have They're to go credited back. I'll, I'll have to go back and do that next time we watch them through. But uh yeah, it this uh, this one was this one was definitely a change of pace. Uh I like it. It, it was a lot more fun. It was a lot more airy I, it looked a little like a gorilla's music video a, a little bit like a gorilla's music video it kind of almost looked like um i don't remember if you ever saw this inter, it's like interstellar 5555 it was the daft punk uh like rock opera that they did for um for their album discovery sure um anyways it was very animated it was all, all aliens they were a rock band whatever like mm. you, like that's kind of the vibes i was getting a little bit i love it um, V5. Lots of Wilhelm screams on this one. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think I counted two or three. But also, that crowd was sedated in the first in that first one that they were in. Yeah. It was like, huh? They are putting out a lot of energy, and they are not getting much energy back. No. <laughs> it re- it it kind of gave me um sex bomb vibes. It kind of gave me some, yeah, yeah, yeah. some Scott Pilgrim vibes. Like, <laughs> hey, we're kind of a but you know what? We've got heart. <laughs> That's yeah. what we've got. And you are here and you may or may not have paid. <laughs> it's very cute. It's cheesy cute, but I liked it. Like this was, this was delightful. Yeah. Um, V5, one of my favorites. Look, Disney, Lucasfilm, somebody, I hope somebody's listening. Make a Bluetooth speaker of that fucking droid. Yes, please. And if effectively create uh, DJ Roomba, that yeah. little guy needs to be able to run around your house <laughs> dancing to music. It's not the technology exists and people will buy it. Yeah. I, I will buy it. <laughs> He's, I mean, you hear, you heard it here, folks, Disney, like get, get we've him got, thing. we've got the death star shaped Bluetooth speaker. We can literally tape this to our Roomba and get the effective result of what I want. Right. From this droid bot. Yeah. But Disney just do it for me so that it looks right. <laughs> I, I will say there was the music in this was um definitely uh I would say like mainstream pop punk like it's very <laughs> anime punk honestly it is uh there was anime some, pop punk there was some music that was playing like while they were fighting like after that first scene that sounded like that Red Hot Chili Peppers song from the Power Rangers yes. <laughs> Yeah, I I just thought that was 
it was just kind of funny. It was like, anyways, but their big ballad like gave me total like anime closing credits song vibe. Holy shit. Yes. Right. Yeah. I loved sure. it. And that was Joseph Gordon Levitt singing that. Just, That's what the other thing is. I'm thinking of Joseph Gordon Levitt in a sound booth singing this song. And it's just like, just too cute. Ooh, too dang cute. Bless him. Um, and the way that they animated Jabba and Bib Fortuna, it really looks like something that you and I could cosplay. <laughs> you would be Bib Fortuna and I would be Jabba. Yeah. Just the way that they looked like goofy little, little cush monsters. <laughs> one, two, one, two, three, four. Come on and lose yourself now, everybody. Do, 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 dancing, hey, we move your body. We could be shopping, tell you we love you. And the way Jabba like flapped his tail to the beat. Yeah, that was, that it was, was precious. Very, that was it very was precious. Cute. Uh, there was that moment in, in there and, and you had, you had pointed this out. Like when they were, t- when they were taking off, I got a bad feeling about this. I got a bad feeling about this. Yeah, I, 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 you were like, wait, did they do that in the last one too? You thought maybe it was a thing that was like continuing because they through. do it in the next one because they do do it in the next one. And it I makes me wonder was... how much of the, I mean, it's cute. I love a nod and, I, and in a world where all of these were kind of created in a vacuum, it should sure. be expected. I think they want to get their references in for sure. Um, because they're trying to show like, Hey, you know, this, this is, this means a lot to me too. And now I get to play in the sandbox and I just, I fucking love it. Yeah, it was, it was very, it was very cute. And then episode three is the twins uh, directed by Hiroyuki Imaishi, uh, written by Hiromi Wakabayashi and animated by Studio Trigger. Fuck yeah. Yeah, that was a good job, baby. Thank you. Um, in this one, we've got Kare voiced by Neil Patrick Harris. NPH. Am voiced by Allison Bree. Allison Bree. B2ON is voiced by Jonathan Lipow. Lipow? Yeah. In this one, Karen and Am are twins who were cloned and cultured in the dark side of the force on Exegol by Palpatine prior to the events of Star Wars The Force Awakens in order to uniquely harness the dark side of the force in a new weapon, the Gemini Destroyer. As the Destroyer plans to attack the New Republic, Kari, who has opened himself to the light side, steals the kyber crystal powering the weapon and attempts to flee, but is confronted by his sister, who is heavily devoted to fulfilling her born duty. Am harnesses the power of the kyber crystal to gain great power, despite Kar warning her against the risk. As they fight, the kyber crystal is split in half, with each twin using half of it to amp their power. In the end, Kari uses his X-Wing fighter's hyperdrive to tremendously increase the power of his lightsaber blade and overwhelm Am, using the lightsaber in a holdo maneuver to destroy part of the Star Destroyer. Am is later recovered while Kari, who crash lands on Tatooine, vows to rescue her. This one was high anime operatic drama and I fucking loved it. Yeah, this one was, this one was, there was. Alison Brie was chewing the walls off of that sound <laughs> oh booth. Oh my God. The laugh. Do you want to know what your weakness is? It's that you're too afraid, I don't know if you've ever seen there's an anime called um, Slayers Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it but like there's 
One character is this short little redhead, no nonsense. She's a, a good fighter, but because she's short, got it. everybody's kind of mean to her. And then her partner is this woman named Naga the Serpent, who is clad um, how female human warriors in World of Warcraft used to be clad, where it's like metal bikini. Got it. Just giant gazongas. But it's the laugh is so similar. <laughs> Very, <laughs> and I fucking love it. Oh my god! Good job, Allison Brie. Yeah, the, Neil Patrick Harris is fine. Yeah, no, it, it, he's fine. It, yeah, he felt genuine, I guess. But he's outshined by Allison Brie. Oh, holy shit! Yes, it all. But then again, you can chew much more scenery playing a villain than you can playing a hero every time. Yeah, the art style on this one was was pretty neat as well. It was sort of minimalist in ter- in terms of like the color choices. The stormtroopers especially seemed like had a very um. They were almost just almost matte. Yeah. They're almost like white matte, just cell shaded. Yeah, simple, yeah, yeah. Very simple. Uh, and it wasn't until you get close to the characters that you get that detail. And I feel like that's, that's, that was cool. Their was armor it, was, a, was the, the way that uh, like clearly there's Darth Vader inspiration in the way that the twins armor yeah. was designed, but it's very intricate and sharp and severe um, as you get close in. But I also think that that's a degree of, um, and maybe this is intentional by the animators, like more detailed on the more prominent characters, the things you're going to be looking at the action. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was, uh, this one was, this one kind of just throws you into it. And, uh, and all of these kind of do that. They they throw you into a story. Like you're very in media stress. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of liked that, especially when you only have 15 minutes to do it. It was, uh, I meant to mention in the first one, something that we hadn't seen in that one was, um, stopping a lightsaber using just like a force push yeah which is rad and in this one similarly something i don't think we've seen before uh in you know contemporary star wars canon is a stun blast being stopped by a force push that's and that was rad too uh if you remember at the beginning of force awakens kylo ren does that with a blaster does he Uh oh that's That's right yeah well still i love it yeah, it's no, gorgeous. It's, it, it is. It is super, super gorgeous and, and super neat. Um, but I love when they fuck around with force powers. They did that. Um, if you if you follow gaming news, uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic is getting remastered for PlayStation 5. Yeah. Um, they played around with force powers in that game a lot, too, because it was like an RP, a Star Wars RPG, basically. Yeah. And so you could do other shit. And even as your main character, I don't want to spoil it for anybody because it's a really fun game, but you could pick to go a little bit more dark side and a little bit more light side with yeah. some of your powers. You could be a little bit more like a gray Jedi, which is a concept that hasn't really been explored in the films, but I think may have been explored in the not now non canon books. I don't know. Yeah. I like it as a concept. Yeah, for sure. I feel like, I mean uh, that first one, the, uh, the duel that kind of very feels, much a gray yeah, Jedi. feels like a great Jedi. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I love an evil protocol droid. Oh yeah. He's so delightful, but Beat also charismatic. Char- charismatic in his sort of revelation of fascism <laughs> or reveling in fascism. He's so excited that oh, he has been programmed to help this woman subjugate the universe. Yeah. Yeah. Bless uh, him. Anyways. Um But the twin trope that's evident in or that is reused over and over again in the Star Wars story. It's put to really good use here. Yeah. And it's kind of an inversion of the Luke and Leia story. Um, we find out, you know, this is before Force Awakens. So 
uh, presumably Ray isn't a thing yet. Um, yeah. uh, I feel like this very easily could still fit in that gap, um, which again is the same time frame as but the again, previous two. I was going to say that with all of these, because they're not using characters that like main characters. Yes, we had Boba Fett in the one and we had and Jabba, but we don't. That just solidified the time frame, really. Right. But these stories could theoretically just have happened. Like yeah. there's no, there's no reason why this could have like not that. exist in the canon. It's just, it's just a one-off story that happened. Like, you know what I mean? Like it, it's just, it's, it's, it's That's, cool that they're letting people do this. And I think if you are the sort of person who can unclench a little, mm-hmm. who can let the blood flow back to your knuckles when it comes to lore and embrace the idea almost in the same way that fan fiction writers do of, Mm-hmm. playing in this world but adjacent from the things that you know yeah uh it's just fun who it's just more star wars content why poo poo it if you like star wars it, it, you know enjoy um if you don't like anime it's pretty, you're probably not gonna like it yeah again i mean that it's i uh, yeah especially when when his helmet gets removed from him and you get that like blue eyes white dragon yeah. look on his face oh, yeah. like the whole back half of this thing is like high anime oh yeah space opera there's breathing breathing in space yeah, he's I, standing on top of that how, at some point. how are they breathing in space i got the, the force <laughs> that's all i got that's literally yeah, all i got i i just that was one of the things i was like he's okay like leia got blown out into space and basically froze like what but, is but pr- she pulled herself back but Cause like as all of this, you know, they're fighting and he's trying to save his yeah. sister from the dark side and they're fighting over this kyber crystal. But like as debris is happening, mm-hmm. it's sort of floating. Like you, the way that it's animated, it's kind of like you could see the waves of the force. Oh yeah. 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 So and I mean, maybe, and I mean, these star destroyers are huge. So it, yes. it could be said something that, you know, like, yeah, they may have, they're like inside a, the shields and therefore the oxygen holds. Right. Yeah. That still doesn't, that's what it is. And maybe mystery solved. Yeah, and maybe like that's why he can stand on his X-wing because like there's something that's like oh the boots you're gonna connect the because boots. you've got a droid that I don't know because suddenly he's upside down and in my head I'm like he'd fall off but no he wouldn't he's in space he should be falling off anyway right um it's it's <laughs> it's goofy and delightful I loved it um this one also they give their little nods we get it we get both galaxy far far away. Where were you planning on going with that, Kare? To a galaxy far, far away. Don't be a fool. Hand me the power core, and I'll forget that this ever happened. And I have a bad feeling. Really? So you have a bad feeling about this? Die! Arduo, what's happening? You're wrong. Again, just little nods, both said by NPH in this situation, but like, the the creatives behind this clearly love Star Wars and love playing in this. And they have so much fun with this fight. Suddenly yeah. she sprouts extra arms like General Grievous. Yeah, she looking like General Grievous with like six lightsabers all at once. It's it's just absolute nonsense. She's also like and you had mentioned this before, she was on a different level in that sound booth oh when she was recording these these lines. Like there was one line where she was like Come to me, Kyber Crystal! And it's like... Kyber Crystal, such beauty, such power. This energy will be a beacon of hope for the galaxy! 
Now come to me, Kyber Crystal! I won't let you have it! I'm just imagining Alison Brie in like sitting in front of a microphone like I'm doing now and literally screaming that like it I was had, just wild. She's got a sweatband. She is sweating because she has been working in <laughs> yes. that booth. Yeah. There's, there's another line. Do you think I fear death? Like it's just nonsense. And it's bite sized. So even if like, as long as you don't hate anime, yeah, as long as you are, mildly interested and you know enjoy star wars i think you're gonna have fun with these yeah truly i mean it's uh they they definitely have and i mean we've only watched the first three there are six more that we've got to do because we're gonna cover them for the patreon for sure um but like i i am i'm excited for this and like if if they're allowing people to do these sort of things because i I mean i'll tell you the duel i want to see like a whole season of that oh yeah so like Disney make that happen. Absolutely. Please. I'd see, I'd watch a feature length film like that. Oh yeah. Um, but I mean, that's, that's how we fought f- felt. Critics seemed to agree. They're at 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, good. Mike Hale from the New York times said that star Wars visions is finally more of a pleasant diversion than a really fulfilling experience. Isn't a factor of running time or talent. Yeah. Uh, that's the blurb. I, I don't That's a weird blurb for Rotten Tomatoes to pull for such a high score. Um, Glenn Weldon of NPR says the inevitable result, of course, is for each episode to feel like a carefully wrought and promising pitch for an ongoing series. Just so many pilot episodes elbowing each other for a pickup, which is fine. That's all this needs to be. Yeah. Again, that sounds negative, but they had positive fucking reviews. (sighs) Critics, man. I I, I think it's more like, yes, because I, again, I feel like I'm wanting more on a lot of these episodes or at least these three. And like, you know, who knows if we're going to get them. And I think maybe that's the sentiment. But uh, the viewers also were were pretty positive about it. We got a 78% there. Um, Neener B gave it half a star. 32 minutes before I made these notes. Probably good on paper. Wound up mostly being cringe. (laughs) Fuck you, Neener. I Uh, loved it. Cringe. Fuck you. (laughs) Enrique A. uh, Half star. Another half star said, if I could give the zero stars, I would. Enrique, fuck you too. Yeah. (laughs) Of the nine episodes. Do you episodes, not like fun, Henrique? Right. <laughs> uh, he's like, of the nine episodes, only one is good, and Rude. that episode is episode one, and episode seven is above average The other than the others, that every other episode is absolutely awful or worse. Or I do worse, not, all caps. Yeah. I do not recommend this to anyone! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Just skip it and wait until uh, Book of Boba Fett. Henrique? unclench go outside pet a cat find some joy in your life pretty much uh meanwhile christopher p P had five stars we like christopher p go for it yeah he said a wonderful experience with japanese storytelling in this star wars universe not all of the stories uh may align with your tastes but there is something for everyone here agreed uh definitely not worth um not worrying about yeah definitely not worrying about canon for most of these uh just using the universe to tell fun stories. Hopefully there will be more of these to come. That is my sentiment. hundred percent. We like Christopher P. We agree with Christopher P. Yeah. Didn't pull any trivia for this. I felt like we were just going to go ham on how much we loved it. Yeah, no, this was great. I, I am looking forward to the rest of them. And like I said, patreon.com slash making mischief. We put bonus content for our show there. Mm-hmm. It's mostly audio stuff. You can get bonus content for the other shows on the network as well. But if you want to hear what we thought about the rest of Star Wars Visions, that's going to be our next thing on the Patreon. You can head to patreon.com slash making mischief. 
become a backer there. You can get access to our discord in addition to all of that other extra content. And uh, you'll be helping us make fun podcasts. Yeah. All righty, Clancy, if they want to find me on social media, where can they do it? Oh, they would do that on the internet at Josh watching TV on Twitter and Instagram without yep. the G. Yep. And if they wanted to find me, they would do that at C L N C Y on Twitter and Instagram. That's Clancy without the A. And uh, where would they find the show? Nonplus pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Where can they email the show, Clancy? Submissions at nonpluspod.com. And uh, yeah, you, you can send your stuff there. Suggestions for stuff to watch. For sure. Counterpoints. Mm-hmm. Recipies. Especially uh, if you've got gluten-free ones. Yeah, gluten-free, gluten-free Star Wars universe recipes only. Do it. Currently. Also, rate, review, subscribe, follow, uh, whatever, on your preferred podcasting platform. Yeah. We'd love it uh, to get not just your your earnest and honest feedback, but also, like I always say, game the algorithms and get us into more people's ear holes. Yes, please. All right. Star Wars, man. Yeah. Well, we, we uh, had a lot of it. Yeah. It, this was, this was truly, this was truly fun. And I was really glad to have this vacation and spend the, all that time with you. It's been a little bit of a vacation in terms of the show, but we're going to, we're back. We're, we're back. Yeah. We're, we're back. back. We're, we're going to keep it tight. Get us through the end of this year with some spoopy stuff and some Christmas stuff. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Yeah. We got, we got lots and lots in the bag. Yes. Then over there is my husband, Clancy. Oh, and over there is my <laughs> husband, Josh. And we have been nonplussed. So nonplussed. So nonplussed. We have been nonplussed. That was not really. I was trying to do like an anime villain thing. And yeah. We are nonplussed. Uh, is that? Kind of a bit of a speed racer vibe on that one. A little bit of I a liked speed it. Ra- yeah, I liked yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It works though. Yeah. God, did you ever see that? Uh, Speed racer? Yeah. No, you so you, you said it's good, and I, I think you're gonna buy it at one point, like because it was on sale. It's gorgeous. Why good. are we talking about this? All right, platform. love you. Bye. Number three uh, is. Sorry, I had to poot. (laughs) That'll make the outtakes. Um, (laughs) Number three. Sorry, that was a number two. (laughs) Can we pause for a second? (laughs) Don't forget to check out Tavor on iOS and Android for your 100% independent resource for tasty and tantalizing craft brews. Just search Tavor, that's T-A-V-O-U-R, in your App Store search to get $10 off your first order of $25 or more. Cheers. Bye. Bye.